BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Welcome to the Dogs Podcast with your hosts, Blake Reniker, Justin Charles, and Josh All. What's up, Browns fans? Welcome to another episode of the Dogs Podcast. Just Josh, Justin, and myself today. Some show updates. John Nye, uh, we kicked him off the show. I'm just joking. Uh, John has stepped aside from being a full-time member of the show uh, he's just got a lot of uh, things with his. He lives a little further away. He's about to be looking for a house. It was just becoming a lot with his schedule. Uh, he's still going to jump on, be uh, an alternate whenever we need somebody. I'm sure he'll still uh, host a league for us next year in fantasy football. He's still in the Discord and all that good stuff. He just won't be on the episodes every single week now. Um, so we want to give you guys that update. We got the new intro. So I didn't want you guys to think like John just disappeared because – he does do that, but <laughs> at this point, we do know where John is, and he, he is safe. Uh, so it's just going to be us going forward, just the three of us and all of you guys. Uh, so we'll see how long this lineup lasts. We're like, um, it's gonna we're like panic at the disco or something. Like the only guy left is the main guy, yeah. <laughs> like, but they still call themselves the, the same name. So that's us. We're panic at the dogs podcast. Uh, uh, so today we're going to, uh, we're going to get into some of the coaching moves the Browns have made. Uh, we're going to talk about the, the, you know, the, obviously the big ones, the offensive coordinator position uh, is Kevin going to be willing to give up play calling. Uh, we're going to play Joe Flacco's clip talking about uh, the culture in Cleveland. And then, uh, very exciting. We have the Mad Dog nominees ready for you guys in all the categories. So we're going to be telling you guys that and where you can guys can go vote uh, so we can do the Mad Dog Awards in a couple weeks. This is going to be the fourth annual Mad Dog Awards, I believe. That is correct. Uh, yep. and these, these are always a lot of fun. So uh, And every year we've got more and more people to vote. Uh, and it, it's been more and more fun every single year. So we're excited to get into that. And then if the, depending on how it's going, how much time we got left, maybe we'll jump into some, uh, some updates about the Ohio state Buckeyes. Cause I know a lot of you guys are fans and they've just been killing it in the transfer portal on my way to the studio today. We landed uh Julian saying, so uh, it's been a good off season so far for the Buckeyes. So if we have time, we're going to get into some of that. If you guys are interested uh, before we do though, remember if you want to leave your intros or voicemails on the show, head to the dogspodcast.com, tap leave voicemail on the drop down menu. You can also find the merch store in that drop down menu. Uh, we got some of our cool t-shirt designs in there. Uh, you can check them out. Uh, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok for X formerly known as Twitter. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know what to, so what do you call it now? If you post on Twitter, 
It's not a tweet. What did you, you, you exit? I, I don't you know. Put an X out there. You, you exited. I don't. <laughs> so I just still call it tweet. I it's guess still Twitter.com. Yeah, which is weird. It is weird. So, I, I mean, I like Elon, but he didn't, I feel like he didn't think that went through. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you're watching on YouTube, please like and subscribe. Make sure you tap the notification bell so you never miss a new episode. Uh, we're going to be putting out content all off season uh, through these playoffs into the Super Bowl, into the off season. Uh, we'll be talking about everything. I'm going to finally start watching the Cavs soon, uh, so we can talk about some Cavaliers basketball. Um, so it's going to be a good off season. So make sure you have that notification bell tapped so you don't miss any of the new content we're putting out. Uh, and lastly, if you're looking for more dogs content, head to jointhedogs.com. Become an official dog pack member on the Patreon page the off season is actually a great time to join the dog pack because the that after hours episode is it's uh less just game reviewing now and more of just whatever you guys want to talk about uh we put a post out hey what you guys want to talk about today and we just get we get into pretty much everything comics movies music uh life it's just, it's a pretty good time in there. So the after Never know hours, where it's going to go. Yep. Never uh, know. We actually have dog pack members come on to the after hour shows sometime. Uh, so you get access to the private discord. You get access to the extra episodes. Uh, you get to play fantasy football with us once football season rolls around again next year. Uh, it's just a fun time for everybody involved. Everybody's real close, tight knit um, from all over the world, from Scotland, to San Diego, California, all the way up to uh, Ottawa, Canada. So, and all the way out to Honolulu, literally global. Yeah. Uh, so if you, if you're interested in that, you want more dogs content, you want to maybe try to talk to John sometimes when he's not here, uh, <laughs> he's still in there, head to the dogs become an official dog pack member on our Patreon page. So before we start the episode, jump into football, we, we talk all the time about the dog pack and, uh, how, it's more than just like a, a you know a paid subscribership. Like everybody jumps in there, and everybody's super close. Justin has met Andrew Andrew Jackson. I've not met Andrew uh, Jackson, but I would oh, love who, to. I thought that was you did Kenny. in Indy. That's Kenny. Kenny, Kenny met, and Andrew yeah. met to, met up together in with Indy Pete, with Peter. Yeah. Yeah. I've met Katie from San Diego. Me and John went to a game with her. Uh, obviously, Kenny Mack has literally been in this studio. We're all really good friends with Kenny now. Uh, it's just it's a really tight knit group that, and it's probably one of the coolest things we've done with this podcast is like build that online community. And sadly we got news yesterday that one of our members daughter uh, was bullied and sadly she took her own life. And I just wanted to take a minute to talk about that. And I'm sorry because it's hard for me. I have my own daughter. Um, but her name was Sadie Jackson, 13 years old. And it just, I think it's a good time to just think about for a minute, like we, we, we kind of give each other the business online. I, mean, I know I do it to people, people <laughs> yep. do it to us. Um, but I feel like we keep it football for, you know, for the most part. And I think there's a huge difference between adults online, you know, giving each other the business about their football teams. But at the end of the day, I mean, our most hated rival of this show is Aaron Butler. And I still feel like even he would admit there's a healthy bit of like human respect towards each other. You know, uh, we just give each other crap about uh, each other's football teams. Um, so be nice to people. I mean, this, this girl shouldn't, she should still be here. Now yeah. a dad doesn't have a daughter. A mom doesn't have a daughter. Um, it's just not really fair. So 
as the dog pack, we're going to do something. Uh, he asked me to share this, this, uh, GoFundMe. It, the, the, the link is in the description of this video. I can't say it cause GoFundMe links are, are crazy long. Um, there's a QR code on the screen right now. If you're watching the podcast, you can scan that or like Blake said in the description, the links down there. So, um, if, if you're interested and you want to help out in any way, um, I know the family could use all the help they can get right now. There's, there's a ton of, you know, unplanned expenses coming their way. Um, so I just wanted to take a minute, be nice to people. You know, we, there's perfectly fine to uh, give people the business online about football and we're all adults, but you know, be nice. And if, if you are somebody who's had issues with that stuff, like just seek help, look, you know, there's resources out there. Um, because it's just a sad thing, man. It's really actually kind of like aided at me since I found out yesterday. Um, so again, if you, if you're interested in helping, uh, head to the GoFundMe, I know the family would appreciate it. And, uh, yeah. Yep. I don't know what else to say. I mean, we'll throw up, uh, we got a picture here. We'll kind of do, you know, a few seconds of silence here and, uh, we'll roll a quick ad for better help, which, you know, that's one of the sponsors of this show. And the reason we partnered with better help is because talk therapy can be so helpful for so many people. I mean, we all deal with stuff. We all struggle with things and, you know, it doesn't matter if somebody else might think your problem's little or big, it, it's a problem. So you need somebody to talk to. That's why there's, there's great resources out there. So thoughts and prayers to the family. And like Blake said, just be nice to people. You, you never know what somebody else is going through. I do agree. There's a huge difference between razzing other adults and bantering online like we do all the time. I mean, there's there's yahoos all the time on our Twitter page just trying to say whatever they can to get us riled up. And at the end of the day, it's all in good fun. Yes. At least it should be. So it's always something to be aware of. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. Browns fans, we've had some time now to come down off of that playoff loss. It's still super disappointing. But it was still an incredible season, and now we're heading into 2024, into the offseason, ready to refocus our sights on the ultimate goal. And as 2024 continues to unfold for you, now is the perfect time to refocus on yourself, and that includes your mental health. Yes, I know there is still some stigma in society around mental health, but that is all nonsense. Your health, whether it's mind, body, or spiritual, is the most important thing. And that's where today's sponsor, BetterHelp, the most convenient talk therapy service can benefit you. It's 100% online and 100% on your time. Schedule whatever kind of session you're comfortable with, face chat, voice call, or even text messaging. You can do any of those with your therapist whenever it fits your schedule. And you don't have to worry about not getting paired with the best therapist for you. You can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. There is no reason not to at least give BetterHelp a try today. And to help get you started, you can save 10% off your first month at BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash dogs, D-A-W-G-S. Consider this a trial period to see if talk therapy is even right for you. If it's not, just cancel. But if it is, Guys, it could change your life. What do you have to lose? Your mental health is critical. And if you've been considering talking to someone about anything in your life, no matter how big or how small it may seem, now is the time to take that first step. Head to betterhelp.com slash dogs to get 10% off your first month. All right, so we're back. Thank you guys uh, for bearing with me through that. Um, I do want to get into some Browns football stuff now. Uh, Kind of a big week for the Browns, considering they're not 
playing football anymore. Yeah. Uh, kind of, I, I, to me, it came out of nowhere was the firing of three, three coaches, three coordinators. Uh, unfortunately, Coach Stump Mitchell was let go, yeah, which hit this awesome. show a little hard because, as he, you know, we had a chance to meet him and interview him last year. So we were, we were sad to see Stump go. Alex Van Pelt was let go, which I heard from uh, – I saw something from Jake Trotter that might have been mutual. I don't know. So what I was reading was that they were actually trying to work out with Alex Van Pelt, the Browns, to keep him on in a different role. So they okay. wanted to keep him with the organization. They just didn't want him in the OC role anymore, and he said – no thanks. I'd like to pursue, you know, other options in this in this role. You know, and you don't, you no one wants to take a demotion at work. So totally understand. So yeah, the the parting was somewhat mutual. Yep. And then the tight ends coach, TC McCartney. TC McCartney. Yes. Uh, Texas Christian McCartney. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so to me, I know a lot of people. Um, Browns fans, we kind of like to overreact to everything. Uh, so I saw people couldn't, like, the sky was falling because we were firing coordinators on the offensive side of the ball. People were talking about how uh, Stefanski's scapegoating everybody, but I'm like, only in Cleveland would we oh, would right. we complain about an offense all year, and then when they go to make changes on the offset, offensive side of the ball, it's the sky is falling. Yep. There's conspiracy theories. I had this conversation at lunch. Somebody looked at me and said, can you tell me why the Browns are firing all these offensive people? This is so stupid. And I was like, Browns. How many games Browns. did you watch this year? The offense was the yeah. problem. Come yeah, on. like it's it's only this is coming from straight from Haslam. He bypassed everybody. Deep Podesta right. is pulling yeah. the strings, and I'm like, you guys didn't like any of these people yeah. except for maybe Stump, you know, two weeks ago. So um, it's it's one of those things where like we got to relax, guys. Uh, to me, it's exciting. I don't like when people lose their job, but to me, this signals a change in philosophy on the offensive side of the ball. Like they're they're looking for something newer, more innovative, probably more wide open, something that fits Deshaun's skill set more. Yes, uh, because turns out everything about the next couple of years is the level of play we get out of Deshaun. And I know some people will jump online and say it's the worst trade of all time. And he's just been absolutely atrocious since he's been here. He hasn't been as good as he needs to be since he's been here, but he hasn't been absolutely atrocious. And there's been, you know, he's turning the quarter before the injury and there's been signs of him trending upward. And then unfortunately he was hurt. Now it's all about getting a full season out of him at elite level high play. I said it on the show. There can be no more excuses snap one week one next year he needs to be deshaun watson of old there's no there's no more time to wait so i think that starts with bringing in a a guy who can give kevin a fresh perspective on the offense i'm not saying they're going to completely abandon all of kevin's um offensive philosophies like he's still going to have his fingerprints in the offense but i think you can blend things i think you can bring a new perspective they're gonna be way more pre-snap motion uh, we're like one of the bottom of the league. We need to be more towards the top of the league. Um, so I, I just think it's a good thing. I was going to just real quick shout out Quincy Carrier on Twitter, and I forget exactly how he worded his, his tweet, but as soon as I read it, I said, that's exactly right. I can't think of a better way to describe it. And he said, Browns fans need to calm down. Like good teams have this luxury of doing this, of making improvements in the offseason. He said Jim Harbaugh and Mike Tomlin have been doing it for years. I mean, just last year, they got rid of their OC, Greg Roman, and brought in Todd Munkin. And look at what their offense has done this year. It was a little slow out the gate to really get acclimated to the new system. But once it did, I mean, 
they're unstoppable, it looks like. So th- these kinds of moves are very, very good, especially when it's a team like the Browns where we're good. I mean, we're a good football team. We're a good football organization. We have good football players. But we just need to get to that next level, like Blake was saying. And I think that all comes with getting a new offensive perspective, philosophy, scheme. Just any. We talked with Jake Burns about that yep. this year, Blake, me and you, about you know Kevin runs a more antiquated offense, and it's time. Not necessarily to just scrap it, but let's get updated. Let's modernize it. Let's let's start doing things defenses aren't prepped and ready to stop. You see what a good offensive coordinator can do for your team. I mean, the the Colts with Gardner Minshew almost made the playoffs, tore our defense up. Yep. And yeah. and look how bad the Eagles offense was this year. The only difference was Shane Steichen. The Eagles still had Jalen Hurts. Jason Kelsey, uh, the rest of the great offensive line, Devontae Smith, AJ Brown. Uh, AJ Brown. They still had all Dallas these people. Goddard. Dallas Goddard. Yeah. And the offense was was putrid. Yeah. You know, and, and Jalen Hurts does not look like a guy you should have given all that money to. And they go out, he Shane Steichen leaves and goes to the Colts. Their offensive is Offense is innovative. It gets easy throws. It gets guys in space. It puts pressure on the defense. Um, so I think it's a good thing. There's some names out there. I know we interviewed Ken Dorsey today. I, I, I want <laughs> yeah. no, I want no, I feel like this is just one of those things where you're just leaving no stone unturned because there's yeah. no way he's a viable candidate. There's no way I believe it. You wouldn't think so. <laughs> but then again, I mean, Andy Dickerson, the offensive line coach from Seattle, I didn't think was a very viable candidate either. But the more I've read about that and some speculation from like Terry Pluto and Mary Kay and stuff, I'm like, oh, okay. I'm starting to see a, maybe a little different picture about him. But we can get into that in a second if you want to keep going about Dorsey. Uh, yeah, it's Ken Dorsey will always be the guy that C. Grant humiliated to win a national championship and, <laughs> and back in 2002. That's, that's who Ken Dorsey's going to be forever um and i have completely blocked out the fact that he also played for the browns yeah for like two seasons Uh, yes (laughs) he and i don't think you can you can't um look away from the fact that the Bills season this year i mean 180 it looked like they were about to be like on the outs, like with, holy crap, these guys might not crack five hundred. Yeah, that's what I was thinking yep. there too. Like they might, they these guys, their window's done. Yep. And then they fire this guy, and it's been a complete one eighty. They got a running game now. Yep. They got all the Josh Allen is playing, still playing at a high level, leads the league in touchdowns. I'm pretty sure. Um, you, why would you bring that guy in? He he was handed an offense that was performing well under Dayball, and he crashed it. And then as soon as he, literally as soon as he leaves, it's better. Yeah. And um, I don't want a guy who, I mean, the Bills could not run the ball at all. And then he leaves, and now they're running the ball well. Well, hey, turn. what do you think in Cleveland if we're, if we're not running the ball well, and like with Nick Chubb or whatever? It's going to be awful. Yeah. You know, so I, I just, I want no part of Ken Dorsey. I, there's no way he's a real-life candidate. What's up, Browns fans in Ohio? If you haven't signed up for Caesar Sportsbook yet, now is the perfect time to do so with the NFL playoffs underway. New customers will get their first bet on Caesars up to $1,000 when signing up with our promo code DOGS1000. That means if your first bet loses, you will get your full wager returned as a bonus bet up to $1,000. Caesars offers daily profit boosts as well as Caesars rewards credits on every wager, which can be redeemed for bonuses, sports tickets, and other VIP experiences. 
If you're ready to join Caesar Sportsbook, go download the app and register with our promo code DOGS1000 to make sure your first bet is covered. Offer is only available for new customers who are 21 and older and physically present in Ohio. Please gamble responsibly. If you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Check the episode description for the full terms of the offer to see if you can qualify. I I mean, I I agree with what you guys are saying. We've, we've for a long time, at least this season, we've, we've said, man, you know, we'd really like coach to kind of upgrade the offense so that it was more beneficial towards Deshaun Watson, right? So um, I'm, I'm very okay with all the moves. We talked about this on the other show. I don't want to like beat a dead horse or anything. Um, Andrew Jackson said, what about the enemy? I saw he interviewed for head coach for Washington today. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if he's not available. Um, but no, I, to me, I, I think that this is a, a good move. I was never really sold on AVP anyway. You know, I've always said for a long time, I, I didn't know what the hell he did. He did the same thing the enemy did in Kansas City. <laughs> Just, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he helped construct the offense, but it, it was, I mean, it's Andy Reid's offense. You're saying, right. Like Van Pelt would be more of your day-to-day OC, like during the week, handling stuff, when Kevin's trying to, you know. Be a head coach. Yeah, be a head coach, put his attention toward the rest of the team. But another name that I saw that was interesting was, uh, what is it, Tim Kelly? The OC from the Texans when... When Deshaun was there. So he was the OC in Houston in 19 and 20 when Deshaun had like his best seasons. And most recently, well, I guess currently, he's still the the OC for the Tennessee Titans. Not exactly explosive offense whenever you think of one, but then again, really no offensive weapons. Derrick Henry's really the only thing there. Quarterback situations, murky. Um, so I don't know. I don't know a whole lot about Tim Kelly, but I do know that Deshaun Watson was a three-time Pro Bowler in Houston. Um, two of those years were with him. Yep. That's a name. Uh, the, the guy, first of all, I want to address Nicole. We got your super chat. I made a note. We're going to get to it. Uh, so don't, uh, don't you think we just ignored it. Yeah. If you guys, if you guys post super chats, we, we, we see them and we'll get to them at some point. Yeah. Uh, so, but, um, another name I saw is the quarterbacks coach or and passing game coordinator out of LA for the Rams. I did see that. Is it like Zach something Robinson or I think so. Uh, that's an interesting name. So here's the thing. I haven't done a deep dive into like all these guys' careers and their past, but you can't hate an offensive mind coming from somebody who's worked with Sean McVay. Mm-hmm. I mean, look at like McDaniel uh, for in Miami. Yep. And it just, that's, that's the kind of philosophy we need to be bringing to Cleveland. Now that kind of takes me back to Dickerson because I do believe before he was hired to be the O-line coach for Seattle, he was in LA with Sean. He was on Sean McVay's staff. I forget the role. I forget exactly. Maybe he was the O-line coach there too. I don't know, but there's also speculation with Dickerson that they brought him in for the OC interview job, but more of an eye or an eye toward what if Bill Callahan leaves, if his son gets the head coaching job in Tennessee. So, First of all, how worried are you guys about that? I'm worried. Yeah. And that's, for me, whenever I started reading about that possibility, I was like, oh, now Dickerson makes more sense because they've already got him in for an interview for something. Yeah. For something. They don't have an open O-line coach position right now, but that could very well change. And they need to be able to fill it with a guy they want. So what are the, what are the roles in terms of, like, if he, he's not going to leave to go be an offensive line coach for wherever his kid coaches, right? Because I thought in order to leave a team, maybe it's just on a team per team basis based on the permission they gave you, but like you can't take lateral moves. 
if you're going to leave this team, it's got to be for a promotion. I don't think that's true because that's what uh, the enemy did last year. He went from OC to OCs. You know, I, I, did they give him like an associate head coach title? There uh, might have to be or some maybe sort the team, of, or maybe like in the team let him go. That's what I'm saying. Is it based? So could the Browns basically tell him unless unless you're going to be offensive coordinator, you can't go be there and be an offensive line coach. We're not going to let you leave. We're only going to let you take a promotion. And then I guess they could probably work around that in terms of logistics. Or do you want to be? Do you not want to be the franchise who's, who didn't let the dad go coach with his kid? That's a that's a good question, <laughs> Chat. If you guys know the answer to this, just drop it in there so we know for sure. Because Blake, I think you're right. I think there is something about the like straight up lateral move that you have to have permission from your team to be able to go interview. Yes. Yeah, it's that's a tough one. So I, yeah, I don't know that. Like, would the Browns give him permission to to do that? But it, like contract. you said, if they say okay. Uh, his son in Tennessee gets the head coaching job, says, I want you to be the O-line coach and assistant head coach. Yeah, then that would be a promotion. But I think we still have to give him permission to interview because he's under contract. Right. I can't see the Browns like. You so know that's what I thing. mean? Do you want to play hardball? Yeah, I can't see them for, Because you know I feel like I mean? we're trying to build a culture of, yeah. like, this is a good place to work. I yeah. guess I guess you know, the, the, come and excel and then we'll and move on to brighter futures down the road. Yeah. I feel like the beat writers, though, for the Browns that are in the building would not be writing about that possibility if it wasn't a possibility. You know what I mean? Yes, like, there's sure. got to be something to it. So, yeah, it does concern me a little bit because, man, what Bill Callahan has done with this offensive line – I mean, I know we dog on Jed Wills a lot. Like, I can't believe Bill Callahan didn't get more out of him. What if he did? What if Bill Callahan got everything <laughs> he could out of Jed Wills and he would have been complete garbage somewhere else? Who knows? We don't know that. So it's hard to say, but man, is Callahan ever a hell of a coach? Um, Andrew Jackson says you can do a lateral move, but they have to have some sort of a promotion like Bubba. Okay. 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 Because he was special teams coordinator for the Colts. And then we hired him here. And he's what, isn't he like assistant head coach or something? I think so. Something like yeah. that. Um, so, uh, was going to say, so a lot of people were questioning the stump uh, firing and then the tight ends coach firing TC because they're like, and Joku just has his best season. You fire the tight ends coach. And you know, Nick Chubb's great. Look at what he's done with Nick Chubb. My, my throwbacks. And obviously I love stump, but how much coaching does Nick Chubb need? Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, it's the guys behind him didn't really like Jerome Ford didn't get developed Nothing. really that much. Yeah. You know, uh, John Kelly just keeps making practice squats. He hasn't like ever taken a step under stump. You know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm just, these are just outside views of like trying to justify why they would make the move. Um, and my other point the other day we talked about real quick, just to add on to that, see if you agree, if they bring in a new OC, there's going to be position coaches that guy's going to want. Correct. Okay. Which is one of the bigger things I think also, uh, same with the tight end. Uh, Njoku's needed some coaching for sure. He's the, but Njoku's like a freak athlete was a first round pick. What is any other tight end? I mean, Harrison Bryant was supposed to be kind of like a steal of the draft and he's such just, a disappointment. You know what I mean? So you can, you can kind of poke holes in these arguments. Like it's, it's easy to develop your first round draft pick. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, um, we'll, we'll see, uh, we'll see what happens here. Also, I heard something about stop being a media leak. I don't, I've seen this all over the place. And anytime I ask, okay, I've heard that. What did he ever leak? It was because of Ultimate Cleveland Show had something on there. Oh, I, I was going to say, just, was it when I, I caught, texted him? I don't know. <laughs> I hope not. I don't want to be held responsible for anything like that. <laughs> he, he didn't say anything. Um, I saw something on Reddit. Obviously, I'm saying this. It's Reddit. I don't know what you can even take away like that's truthful about that. But somebody had put a post on there saying that there was a potential that it, there was a media link 
uh, leakage and they tagged that video and they said, also there's four, uh, overage guys just sitting around bullshitting that don't know what the hell they're talking about either. So that's pretty much, I honestly, I think it's probably a reach. I mean, I don't. The, the thing that's nice about this is you don't know why we, we're all looking for a reason why the fact that you're not knowing why is a, a good statement of the team. Like it's just not out there. Oh, well we fired him because he was talking to, uh, you know, Mary Kay Cabot or yeah ultimate cleveland show or something like that well and go and like we said earlier just go look at the other teams that have already made coaching you know changes on their staff that are not in the playoffs right now it happens every year it's, it's right. just nature of the business at the nfl is a revolving door and on a lot of a lot of positions so i think we're going to be okay no i agree i i'm excited to see what we do um, I guess then that kind of leads us to the next topic. You know, the big the big position everybody's going to be interested in filling is the offensive coordinator position. And does this mean that Kevin is going to be willing to give up play calling? He said in the past, you know, it's he hasn't been willing to give it up. But whenever asked, I think he's always been like open to the idea of it's whatever's best for the team. I think it's kind of been like his answer. And it's just he's always decided that him calling it is what's been best for the team. I think it will be tough to really go out and get like an a a young up and comer star and say, oh, I want you to come be an up and comer here and transform, but you're not going to call plays. Then that guy's going to go. Well, that's going to severely limit my ability to you know move up in the future. I'm going to have to leave and do it again somewhere else. It's going to you know set my career back a year, two, three years. So I I 100% think that whoever we hire as OC is. I don't think Kevin's going to call plays next year. I think it depends on the guy. Uh, and this is this is where I'm at with it. Let's say you go and get, what was the guy's name from uh, LA? Had the quarterback coach that they're, they're in. Robinson? We okay, Robinson. So he would have been, what, third in line on basically if there was a play calling duty because you have your you have McVay, you have an offensive coordinator, and then uh, you have this guy. If he comes in and he's, you know, reinventing the offense and he's bringing it up to date, and I think coach feels comfortable with him playing, calling plays. I think that he, I honestly think he would do it. My thing is, I just don't know if he'll do it right away. Like I would be very surprised if Savancy's just like, I guess it just depends. Like if he calls plays and it's still just the same, just kind of boring and vanilla and it's not incorporating what this guy's bringing to the table, then I could see a potential to eventually do it. I just, I'd be surprised. I'd be very surprised. Thing, I think, but I get your point. I, I think he should eventually. I mean, you've made the point on Twitter to a bunch of people all season. Like Kevin Stefanski's offense, when it's executed properly, is awesome. Yes. It right. really is. But that yeah. I think that goes back to the Jake Burns things. It goes back to the antiquated offense. Like if it's not executed almost perfectly, it's very easy to stop. We have $240 million wrapped up into a quarterback who, regardless of what we think, game to game, all every, it doesn't always work with him. You know what I mean? I know we've seen pieces and it looks like he's progressing back to the original guy, but it's not always great. He doesn't, he doesn't always look comfortable in that well, system. We, we were you know talking I mean? about that last week about maybe this whole like timing precision focus. That is what Stefanski's offense is built on. That's not how Deshaun Watson plays oh, football. And maybe that's why loose. we see some of those times in games where he looks lost. We said that, or he's throwing a ball into the dirt. Cause it's like, well, what I was supposed to see, I didn't see, so I didn't know what to. 
there could very well be some of that going on. I just on. want him to meet in the middle. Yeah. Like if, if Stefanski's going to continue to play, be the, you know, play caller, do some things to help out our quarterback. Cause game to game, it, it isn't always working. So you know that's, I mean? that's the thing about Zach Robinson from LA. I've just pulled him up. So he's been there for five years with Sean McVay. That's cool. He's been the quarterback's coach for two years and the passing game coordinator. So I feel like those are good roles, and this would be a promotion for him if he was the offensive coordinator. Well, and I, I think he's the pat. That's where people are very um, like down on Stefanski in his offense is the passing game. That you know every it doesn't highlight any of your athletes on the outside. Like Stephon Diggs had a great year with Stefanski, but it's it was nothing compared to like what he's been in Buffalo. You know, Amari Cooper just had a lot of yep. yards, um, but there's just not a lot of down the field explosive plays. Now, when Joe Flacco came in, we started chucking the ball down the field all the time. Um, <laughs> that might have something to do with Joe Flacco too. Though. Yeah, <laughs> but I think if you can get a good marriage between, uh, you know, this motion and this this pa- downfield passing game and this creative passing game, and you, you mix that with what Kevin can scheme up in the run game, uh, that could be a very good offense. I agree. Uh, but I, I think... If, if you're going to hire somebody to be an offensive coordinator, you got to let, I think you let them call plays right away. You can't, you can't just all, because then if you wait, if, if the team's struggling and you're going to, and then it looks like you're in disarray. Well, we oh, saw that with season Car- changes. They're- Remember Carolina this year, Frank Wright gave up play calling duties to whoever, I forget who it was. And it was like the next week or two week, two games, maybe at the most, took back. he took them back. And it's like, Oh, for God's yes. sake. If, if, if you hire the guy, you're saying I trust this guy. Mm-hmm. Correct. You can't. You, yeah. It's like hiring somebody in a company and then not letting them do the job because you don't trust them. Well, then why did you, that never works? Yes. Then why never did you works. hire them and pay them? So if yep. it, by hiring them, you're saying you trust them to do the job. Uh, so uh, I, I'm very interested. The guy Robinson is somebody on my list. Uh, Tim Kelly is somebody that I'd be interested in. Um, but yeah. I'm curious. I know I'm not interested in Ken Dorsey. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't think it's. Why do you want a guy who just got fired because he wasn't doing a good enough job with Josh Allen? Yes, right. Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs. Exactly. Uh, no, hard pass. He almost got McDermott fired. <laughs> yeah. You know, so I, I just I want no part of that. I'm sure he's a no. great guy, but uh, and then I also see that we are going to offer Deuce Staley as the running backs coach, but so are the Jets. I did see that. So it's going to be, it's kind of like a little, if I'm Deuce Staley, which organization are you picking right now to come work for? I mean, as far as an organization, I'd much rather work for the Browns. But if you're looking at just your specific unit, we all love Nick Chubb, but we don't know what he's going to be like when he comes back. We don't know how this recovery is going to go. Yeah, but you have to know, like, Stefanski is more than likely going to be, like, be signing an extension, you would think, sometime in this offseason. I would think so. You would. There's a solid chance in New York. If you go to New York and you take that running backs coach job, you're going to be looking for another job next year because that true. whole staff's getting. There's getting a solid fired. chance. You're saying is yes. that what you said? Was that a pun there? Was that a, a sala? You said that was a, a solid chance. chance. No, I'm just. Uh, <laughs> or you very just nasally? Con- I'm just very congested. I thought that was a good pun on words you said there. <laughs> I, was, was I, I didn't even hear it. Nice one. <laughs> yeah, I, was I, was trying to, I thought you were uh, being cute. <laughs> I was trying to get through this episode without blowing my nose, so I didn't bring any tissues. But oh, you should have rolled with that one. Though. That was very a, tough. He, he I set, it up. I teed you up for it, bro. But <laughs> it's okay. He, uh, <laughs> yeah. So I think if you if you go to New York, there's a chance you're going to be looking for a job again next year. I I agree. There's so. For, for both parts of it, I mean, there's there's great talents on both sides. I think if you're looking for, like, stability over the next 
let's say three, four years, like I would say probably Cleveland. I, I Rogers is out probably after next year. They're probably going to rebuild. I would guess unless they get super lucky and land a stud quarterback. Cause they're Zach Wilson's out. You know what I mean? They're not going to have a quarterback in a year. I would think Brees Hall's phenomenal, but I mean, you could say, so is Nick Chubb. If Nick Chubb comes back, anything close to what he was when he left, I would say Cleveland is that, that positional spot you would want. You would think. You would think. think. But, yeah, so I don't know. We'll see, we'll see what happens. I would hate to lose out to the Jets to anything. But I do like Deuce Staley. I think that would be a good hire. Yeah, I like Deuce Staley for sure. There was um, – I can't find it on my thing here. But there was one other coach – who was it? That was getting uh, – Jim Schwartz is interviewing the – was it the outside linebackers coach? And I cannot think of his name. So I'm sorry, everybody for the Tennessee Titans. Obviously he worked with him previously to come in and be our new defensive line coach, which is interesting because we already have a defensive line coach currently under contract. So just another one of those situations where lateral type. This episode is brought to you by Omaha steaks. Browns fans. February is almost here. And that means it's time to start thinking about that upcoming holiday and making plans to share a meal with someone special. That's right. It's almost Super Bowl Sunday. And for those of us also celebrating Valentine's Day, Omaha Steaks has you covered for it all. For a limited time, listeners of this show can go to omahasteaks.com slash dogs, D-A-W-G-S, and receive four free air-chilled boneless chicken breasts and four free rich, juicy, boneless pork chops with your order. So now is the perfect time to plan ahead for the big holidays coming in February. Load up for the Super Bowl and for Valentine's Day with Omaha's selection of steaks, including the butcher's cut filet mignons, bacon wrapped filet mignons, the top sirloin steaks. Those are my favorite, but these steaks are all awesome. Throw in some Omaha steak burgers, jumbo franks, seafood, ready to eat meals, desserts. Oh my goodness, you have to get the caramel apple tartlets for Valentine's Day. Whatever you do, get those. Just make sure you head to omahasteaks.com slash dogs. Get those eight additional free items added to your order, the four boneless chicken breasts and the four pork chops. Trust me, this stuff is totally worth it. You will wow everybody at your Super Bowl parties, and you will wow your special somebody on Valentine's Day. Mark my words. Get to omahasteaks.com slash dogs right now. Score those eight free additional items with your order. There's nothing better than buying great food and getting free great food along with it. omahasteaks.com slash dogs. Minimum purchase may apply. I'm I'm not even sure that the turnover, like the staff turnover is even done yet. Oh uh, no. Like if you just, look at like last started. year and how we were like, oh God, special teams, we're gonna keep the same guy. We're gonna keep uh Mike again for another year. And then I, I see a lot of people in our groups, you know, just in the like media articles and stuff like that, questioning like the wide receiver coach. Yeah. And, you know, like you think about some uh, outside of, let's say, Amari Cooper, right? There hasn't been a lot of progression from any, any really buddy. DPJ was on the way up for a minute. But was, I was going to say, but then it was just right back to like non-utilization. Like it's, it's one of those things. Yeah. I mean, like we were all excited for David Bell when he got drafted. Elijah Moore. Yeah. was another guy that we were like, holy crap. Like, um, I know Anthony Schwartz. I don't uh, know if anybody'd make him look good. Josh always says Cedric Tillman. You know he's been kind of disappointed with the development that he's had. I mean, they're. Are we really disappointed with Cedric Tillman? 
I think for what they one invested in and, and then two to move DPJ at the trade deadline because they had faith in Cedric. I don't feel like he stepped into any bit of what DPJ could have offered the second half of the season. He had more. I mean, he did more DPJ ever did this year. This year, but I'm saying like in years like last year, he almost had 900 yards. I what, feel like when what Joe DPJ Flacco was a rookie. Oh, I have no idea. I don't have the stats up. Yeah. So I mean, I don't. I'm not worried. I'm not saying that Cedric Tillman's a bad what, what player. Did we, what, I'm just right. saying, what did we expect out of him? I'm just, well, we were talking about Cedric Tillman because I was saying I wanted Puka Nakua. I did a whole video on him. Yeah. And we talked about Amon. We, we brought up the Amon Ross St. Brown thing again. Instead, we took Anthony Schwartz. Like, it's just stuff like that where it's just, I think we could use a little bit better evaluations on our prospects when it comes to certain positions, receiver yeah. being one. You say you wanted Puka Nakua, but I remember you literally fist pumping when we drafted Cedric Tillman. Yeah, because I was afraid they were going to take somebody like uh, Jalen Hyatt, who I didn't like. I don't know. I mean, so, I would, I'm just saying you were very high on Tillman, which is why I'm disappointed that he didn't, but he's a third round rookie. I'm just saying, it seems weird to me. We're seeing over here. Like I'm he not, didn't I'm develop. not saying he's a we, terrible. We, we just, we don't like Cedric Tillman. I thought Cedric Tillman played really well for being a third round rookie this year. I, I like, did. Okay. I like the I potential really moving well. forward. You know what I mean? Like, because uh, there were there was times where I'm like, hey, I thought he was dominant. But I mean, when you have like Amari Cooper and like guys like that, I feel like you're kind of going to get pushed to the side. I, I but I'm I'm with like the chat and people saying like, what's going I've been kind of disappointed with the wide like progression of wide receivers. Like David Bell had moments to shine, but it was against, you know, Cincinnati and garbage time. That he's, was a, he's he, now I'm definitely disappointed with the development of Bell I, from what he was in college. You know that that's all. Uh, I think if we're going to look at positional, if there was a coach that was going to get fired, like out of our positional group, I think that that one would have made sense to me a lot more than you know, like Stump. Stump Stump. I was just disappointed for. I guess just out of. From a fan base. Unless, again, like with the positional coaches, if they're planning on letting whoever the new OC they bring hire. his own group. Bring his yeah. own, like, passing game, wide receiver type coach. That makes sense to me. Yeah. So Cedric Tillman, though, had averaged almost 11 yards a catch. Over 50% of his catches were for first downs. Uh and he, he didn't start playing meaningful snaps until I'm week just saying twenty one catches. I just Seven, I don't know. Yeah, but he didn't get on the field. I dude, I totally understand he didn't get on the field. <laughs> but just, that could also be a talent thing or whatever, a development thing. You thought he, uh, he would play over a healthy DPJ? <laughs> Can we talk about something else? Because this is this is this is stupid. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> I, I, said, I just I said us all we can't just throw we can't just. Players sorry. under the bus I and talk about players not developing. I specifically said <sighs> post DPJ trade, the expectations. It was like, what did we? Ex- I, I had zero expectations for Cedric, Cedric Tillman post. Oh, DPJ that's trade. fine. I had more. I had higher expectations. I'm just, chat, you tell me. You tell me. Should did we? Ex- should we have expected Cedric Tillman all of a sudden halfway through his rookie year to just have 800 yards receiving? Ooh. You guys tell me. I don't remember saying 800, but that's cool. <laughs> anyway, so the D-line coach is Ben Bloom, and Ryan Crow is the Tennessee Titan D-line, no, outside linebacker coach that Jim Schwartz interviewed. So just another one to keep your eyes on. 
All right. Okay. So then I think we wanted to play Joe Flacco's clip, right? So just kind of talking about. I want to talk about Cedric Tillman's more. No, I'm just kidding. I'll talk about I'm all just kidding. I'm literally I'll just talk about. I don't. I don't. I don't. He's play a, the clip. Play he's the clip. a superstar. Yeah. Okay, I didn't say he's a superstar. I'm not. Oh, hang on. I did. Oh, Man, Cleveland I did. I'm 50% oh, wait, of his catches were for first downs. You guys are going to have to bear with us for one split uh, second. He only had 40 targets. You got to get the ball to do something with it. To be back in Cleveland. Um. Okay, here we go. Here's right. the Joe Joe Flacco clip because everybody online, I shouldn't say everybody. I have seen actual headlines from, you know, news outlets or whatever posting basically implying that Joe Flacco straight up said, "I want to come back to Cleveland." That is not exactly what he said. So this is what he said. Man, Cleveland was unbelievable. Um uh, I'm definitely open to be back in Cleveland. Um at the same point, like, I don't want to rush to any decisions either. I mean, you don't, you don't, I didn't know what the market for QBs was going to look like last spring. And I don't know what it's going to look like this spring. Um, so I don't know if I'm going to have options or if I'm going to have zero options, you know, um, I, I, I'm, I love Cleveland though. I love the building, the people, um, everything about it. I think, you know, it's funny when you go from, you know, when you, when you get to see a few different organizations and then you go to Cleveland and, you know, I don't think, people really you don't think you ever hear too many like oh man cleveland's an awesome organization and they've done this well and done that well but i can't say enough good things about how that organization is, is being run right now and and and, and the atmosphere and the building and the way that guys feel like their future's headed so i think it i think it would be a very special place to be um if, if i have the opportunity to go back there so what he said at the end there was i mean that's stuff that you don't hear anybody say about cleveland at least in our lifetime no you know what I mean? Just absolute heaping praise on the organization and all that stuff was, that's cool to hear. Uh, this guy played for one of the most well-respected, well-run franchises in football. Yep. So yep. if, if he comes to your team and leaves and says, I'm so impressed with the way they're running things now, I think you have to take that serious. Uh, I didn't hear him heaping praise on the Jets. No, I, yeah, or I don't Denver. think so. Yeah, or De I, you know, I don't remember. I don't remember seeing any Joe Flacco videos out here talking about how well run the the Jets are after he left uh, New York. So, I do think people got like he said he'd be open to coming back. Yeah. Well, that, that's you're not gonna. No, I don't. I'm not really interested. The place is great, but what I thought I'm not was going back. To don't that. call me though. <laughs> yeah, he went down the options route when he was talking. He said, "I didn't know what my options were going to be last spring." And I don't know what my options are going to be this spring, you know, the quarterback market. And then he stopped, he paused, he thought about it for a second. And then he went back to praising Cleveland. So I feel like he almost went down the, I want to see what my options are. I feel like he wants a starting job. That's, yeah. that's what I'm getting from him. I agree. And I, honestly, the, I've, I've thought it for a little bit, like with how I'd love to have him back. Right. I'd love to have him back. We we're going to have to do a little, we're going to have to toughen up Cleveland. Cleveland fan base. We'll have to toughen <laughs> up if we do that. Yeah. Okay. Um, but in a backup role, but I think that he played well enough the last, what, six weeks that he could go and be a starting quarterback on a team that's drafting maybe, let's say like a, a, a clipboard quarterback rookie, like maybe like a Jordan Love or something like that. And he could sit behind Flacco for a year. I just, not in Cleveland. He's not our starting quarterback. That's all I'll say about it. I'm going to say there's a 0.0000% chance he's in Cleveland next year. Okay. I think it's low. I think it's definitely low. It's zero. 
I won. They, we just drafted DTR. Yeah. They, they brought Joe in because it was clear that DTR was in over his head as a fifth round rookie this year. And the team had been stacking wins and like the, the season was still alive. Uh, but you just drafted DTR. You're going to let him be the backup, especially now he's got some games under his belt. He's going to have a whole nother off season under his belt. He's going to be the backup to like, like you said, we are not mentally tough enough as a fan base to have Joe Flacco on the bench as the backup quarterback. Uh, it just, it's not going to happen. And another we, thing, we can barely have any other quarterbacks on the roster. I can't even go to work and <laughs> we've been eliminated for a week and I still haven't been able to like not argue with people about so it. After the preseason, if you guys remember, you know, going into the regular season, that bye week, it was roster cut down at final 53. And it was, well, how many quarterbacks are the Browns going to keep? They only kept two. You can't, they're, they're probably going to keep two this year because remember at that point in time, in the season, you have all these guys that came out of camp and the preseason, we had undrafted rookies. We didn't want to lose. We, there were certain guys we didn't want to put on the practice squad. If you bring Joe Flacco in, who's going to the practice squad DTR, somebody to pick him up. For right. Sure. So I think so. I don't know. I just know that that whole roster construction thing is interesting. And I, I don't think it lends itself to, to that. I'll say this though. If I, if I go look at the teams in the NFL, and Joe Flacco, and good for him. I mean, if I was him, I'd want to start in quarterback also. Yeah. But to me, a, lo- a huge part of the success he had this year is in part, I mean, was a lot of Kevin Stefanski. Like, I think Kevin got the most out of him, just like he got a lot out of Baker and he got a lot out of Jacoby. If I'm looking at these NFL teams, where does he start? He's not starting for the Bills. He's not starting for the Dolphins. New England? I mean, he could go right, to New England's England. Gonna, New England is going to draft like a Drake May or somebody. But like Justin said, if they end up, if, if one of these teams ends up getting a quarterback that's like, ah, we like this kid, but he was a little bit of a reach. He's a little raw. Then it makes sense to Jordan love him. So, so or, maybe, so maybe like a New England, uh, he's not going to go back to New York um, because they got Rogers. Uh, he's not going to Dallas. He's not going to the Giants. Uh, he's not going to Philly. And I don't think he'd go. He's not going to go to Washington. They're going to roll with Sam Howell or is Jacoby still on the roster? I don't know how long his deal was for. I think they have like the number two overall pick, so they could be a Drake May team. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Baltimore no, Cincy no, unless yeah, because they got uh, what's his face for another year. Yep. He's not going to Pittsburgh. They got enough Joe Flacco type quarterbacks on their team. Uh, Chicago, they're going to be either keeping Justin Fields or they're going to be drafting somebody number one to take his spot. And he's going to be starting day one. I agree. Yeah. Not Detroit. They got uh, Hedden Hooker behind Jared Goff that they just drafted and uh, whoever else. I don't know who. I mean, there's just, there's, I'm not seeing, there's maybe one team here. I mean, Titans. Titans, maybe then like a team like But the, then you're admitting that you missed were, on yeah. Levis and. And I'm not even sure that maybe they, yeah, and twice, right? Malik yeah. Willis and. He's not going to Carolina. He's not going to the Saints. He's not going to the Bucks. I mean, there's Denver. I don't know who their quarterback's going to be. Neither do Jared Stidham. Uh, <laughs> That's who it is right now, right? He's already been in Denver. I don't know. I there, mean, there, you, there's just, I'm not, I'm not, it's there's a fair maybe point. like, there's, he, if he's holding out to be a starter. But you never know. You, you see teams every year do things in the offseason, and it's like, really? Okay. And, you know, it's kind of like when the Falcons said they, you know, we're rolling the Marcus Mariota as our starter. It's like, you are, huh? Yeah. Okay. Whatever. Marcus Mariota was like youthful. Youthful, <laughs> but not useful. He was. But anyway, 
Yeah, I, I see what you're saying, though. I, I just, yeah. I don't know if I would give it a 0.0% chance that he's back in class. I'd give it a 0.0% chance he's the starter, but I think right. it's a low chance he's back. I just, I don't know if they go down that route. I don't think AB's, AB knows. He's a smart guy. You yep. can't put him on this team. There's just no way. Uh, because if he's holding out to be a starter, there's a chance he'll be free if we need him. <laughs> I mean, uh, so yeah. Well, well that's, that's, I, that's a good clip. Kind of talking about Joe's future and, and just the overall culture of Cleveland, how it's AB and Kevin and has, they've kind of transformed this. And it's a credit to Haslam in terms of how he's kind of, the only thing he's really putting out there is his, his checkbook. You know what I mean? He, he doesn't seem to be mingling. Some people, you know, you got your conspiracy theorists out there who think we fired AVP because Jimmy Haslam told him. But I get the sense that he's way more out of football operations than he used to be. At I, least that's the feeling I get. I agree. Yep. So, uh, good good for us. Finally kind of building a culture. Uh, but now the fun part of the episode. Well, this was a reasonable expectation for next year from Nicole, her super chat. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yep. So I, w- I wanted to squeeze it in here while we were talking yeah. about the culture. Uh, re- I think it should – now the schedule's brutal, but that, that'll that obviously change. Like teams we thought would be easy wins this year were tough, and teams that we thought were going to be tough were easy. Um, but I think you got to make – you got to win the divisional round at least. you got to make an AFC championship game. I think that's what she said, but AFC championship game, I feel like that's very, very fair. I think just for the talent that's on the team, and that's with, we did that this year with everybody hurt. So if if you get production from Watson and Nick Chubb, and there's a little bit of like multi-dimension to this offense where it's not just, oh, we have to throw it every play or we're going to run it for one yard. I think if you get, uh, if you get anything close to that Houston Watson, I think that this offense could be very, very scary. And then if the defense is mostly similar to what it is at home, <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm, I don't think that that's that crazy. I think it'd be disappointing if we didn't make the playoffs or didn't win a playoff game. I think that's very fair. I don't think that's an overreach for her saying that. I think you got to you got to make the AFC Championship game because what did we say? We said we're a quarterback away from being Super Bowl contenders, so we went and got the quarterback. And if right. he's supposed to be the difference between you know not being a Super Bowl contender, and being a Super Bowl, you, well, you can't contend for the Super Bowl if you don't even make the AFC Championship game. So, it, to me, it's AFC Championship game or bust. Yeah, I was going to bring this up. Our screen is we lost our feet. Yeah, it says that the. Let's see if I just. Refresh it. It says it's low, low uh, video data. I don't know. The internet must be struggling right now. Can you guys still hear us? That would be the biggest thing because as long as you can hear us, then it makes it's weird that it would say because I can still see our like our, our graphics. graphics. Oh no, Skynet. <sighs> our graphics are still there. So. Oh, so they can still hear us. I saw a red light on our camera beeping. Did it die? Yep. <laughs> Maybe. Go ahead and keep talking. Okay. Well, you know, <laughs> um, the T one thousands are coming. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not giving up. If I go poke my head out the studio door, uh, am I going to see like rockets <laughs> flying across the sky? Oh my god! Uh, Skynet. Skynet. 
so what were we talking about? Oh, expectations. Expectations. Ahead, I think it's it's got to be AFC Championship game. I think, in, and we can kind of talk about Watson here for a second. I've I've obviously been a, a staunch supporter of Deshaun Watson and making the move. And I think even if we end up, even if he ends up not being what we thought he would be. I still 100% support the move because you have to Me try. Too. You have to be aggressive. Like the aggressive teams are the teams that perform and win. You can't um uh, you can't just sit back on your hands. We we said it for so long. We begged them. We literally begged them to make that move as a fan base. We pleaded, "Please, please go get a franchise guy." Yes. Go get a guy. We don't want two or three different quarter. It was the joke of the NFL for my entire life. You knew that there was going to be two or three quarterbacks every year and it would be a rotation. And then on top of that, also the head coach. If, you know, he could survive his first year, well, he'd probably be gone the next year. So I, I, I'm completely with you. I, when they made that move, I was so excited because I was like, holy crap, not only did we go and get a franchise guy, but it was a guy that I thought was a stud in Watson. Now, like we've also said, it hasn't been exactly what we thought it was going to be. This episode is brought to you by Danger Coffee. So, uh, Browns fans, did you guys all know that 45% of the world's coffee beans contain mold toxins? Because I didn't. And apparently, coffee beans can contain dangerous mold toxins from the way they're grown or stored. Now, don't freak out. Most of that coffee, I, I guess, contains low enough levels of toxins that you probably don't need to be overly concerned. Why even take the risk? Danger Coffee is third-party lab-tested to ensure every coffee bean is free from mold toxins. So you can start your day off right, knowing your fresh morning brew is not only delicious, but it's also safe to drink. I start every morning now with my Browns thermos filled with nice, hot danger coffee. And this stuff tastes amazing. I don't, I don't have to worry about any of that mold toxin crap, and I get to enjoy a delicious cup of coffee. Head to DangerCoffee.com and use our code DOGS, D-A-W-G-S, for 10% off your order. And that code can be used over and over. So you get 10% off every order with code DOGS at DangerCoffee.com. Even though I would still 100% make the move 10 times out of 10, I can still say whether we win or lose the trade. Right. And if we, if Deshaun doesn't play at a, a Pro Bowl level next year and we don't make an AFC championship game, we lost. Right. The tr- we lost the trade. And there's three years left on that thing, right? On that yep. contract. After next year, there's only two. Right. Well, I mean, yes. so yes. three years total. So the, to me, the grade is still. It's but if we if we he doesn't play well again next year, it's Oops. a bad look. Yep. Oops. I I think he played well this year. Just wasn't much. That's the thing that sucked. He didn't just play the availability. He did not play well enough. Yeah. He did not play well enough. I, he played okay. There was there was moments. There was moments for me like that second half of that Baltimore game. I was like, man, if we could get this. I, that's why I was so excited heading into the rest of the year. Because I was like, holy crap, this team's going to be dangerous. Yes, Because now we've beaten the two best teams. And this guy really came the only alive. games were the first two. Because Tennessee, he was pretty much perfect. Arizona was just Arizona. Who really cares? Right. Didn't need to do much. Baltimore was rough going for a half. And then he came alive. out and just went nuts. He was as the, bad the in the Bengals first half game as he was, was like the second half. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like as long as we need the offensive improvements, I'm excited to see what the coaching staff brings us this year and all that kind of stuff. I it, he just needs to stay on the field. That's the thing. It's so hard for me to say 
what's a lost season next year? Or what's a successful one? It's like, well, this year we talked about what was successful. And then week two, it's like, we don't have Nick Chubb anymore. I have no idea what success is now. And I'll say this, you know, if he gets hurt again next year, that, well, and that's when the narrative, then the injury stuff it. is like, Hmm. Okay. He's, now I don't care. He's got to play and he's got to play well. That that's just the bottom line. It's if he doesn't play for whatever reason, we lost the trade. If he's hurt, we lost the trade. If he plays like shit, we lost the trade. If he if he doesn't play at a Pro Bowl level and we don't go to the AFC Championship game, we lost the trade. But then if that's he comes it. out year four and we go win the Super Bowl, we won the trade. That's why you that's right. you always say you got to wait till it's over. You got to wait till this contract is up and the deal is done because. Yeah. People were saying, oh, it's the worst trade. I'm like, first yeah, of all, the that, was, that would be 50% of the, the deal. We, tra- we, we traded three first rounds. And That's again, it. I trade my soul for a Super Bowl. So I get it's what very you're hard to get just one Super Bowl I, is the thing, though. Yeah, but that's the, the and again, uh, I've been a huge Deshaun supp- supporter so far and, and defender. But you cannot say he's played to anywhere close to what he should be playing. No, absolutely not. There's no, and, and if he continue, and it, it's got to be consistent. He can't be, gr- he can't be great for a half and dog crap for a half. Can't he, be rusty. He, he can't be rusty. No. I, I, he can't, I mean, there are times where he just literally throws the ball into the ground. I've never seen an NFL quarterback look like he forgot how to throw the football randomly in the middle of a football game. And like, I, we can't have that. He's got to, he has to play at an extremely high level for 17 games next year. Or, or it's it's a bad 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 trade, very bad trade. Like I'm I I'm done waiting. Just like I was done waiting on Baker, I'm do- this is it. It's make or break time. It's either go be good or six <laughs> weeks into next year, I'll be talking about how bad he is. It's just it's just funny because you you were the one that always said you got to wait and see what happens over the course of the contract. Because yes, I I get that. <laughs> This was year two, but again, he just missed basically a whole another whole season. Yeah, and I'm saying that sucks. He has to be on the field. He has to play a full season. If he so if he if he doesn't play at all again this year, he plays like crap, and then we win the Super Bowl in year four. Okay, I'll say it's good. But if he plays like crap again, what makes you think he were going to win the Super Bowl in his fourth year? Nothing makes me think we're ever going to win a Super Bowl based on past history. It's just we got to do we got to do what we got to do. We got to try, and that's what the team constantly does is. Make these changes, make these improvements. That's why they got Deshaun in the first place. Again, I, and I, I would make the move. Even if at the end of year five we sucked, I still support making the move. But you can still grade the trade. You can still grade it. When it's done. What? Yes, but you, uh, I, and I get what you're saying. Because I wasn't you're willing to say it. I wasn't willing to say he's been awful, you know, eight games into it. Three years into it, you can start making some some talks. And if especially if it's not injury, if he just comes out and plays 17 games next year and he doesn't play at a high level, there's no reason to think magically in the fourth year, even further removed from playing well, that he's going to magically all of a sudden be good again. Absolutely. There's just no reason to think that. But so we'll talk about that if that happens next year, because I I don't know. I, what I saw on the field this year, I was like, man. If he could have played the whole season, I think we were we were going that direction. We were turning the corner with him, and I, I think things were going to start to look really, really nice. We'll never know. It didn't happen. Now we got to wait till September to see see it back on the field. So, real quick, because we're already two minutes over here, we're going to dive in to these Mag Dog nominations. So, if oh, you're crap. new to the show, uh, every year we started this, our first year doing it we do the mad dog awards and these are voted on by you. And then we do the awards presentation 
what week of the Super Bowl or in between the Super Bowl and the in the AFC? Cha- I can't remember. I think we'll probably leave voting open for. I guess we didn't even talk about. It. What do you think? Two weeks? Yeah, I would say like we do the show in between, like between AFC right. cha- the championship games and the Super the Bowl. off week. Yep. Yeah. So uh, you'll have a couple weeks to get these votes in. You'll head to the dogspodcast.com slash vote, and that is where you will find the nominees and uh, and some of their stats. So. I got them pulled up right here. Your your oh your categories this year are the is the Young Pup Award, which is Rookie of the Year, uh, the ever disappointing Cedric Tillman, uh, two hundred twenty four yards on twenty one of forty four and zero touchdowns. Uh, What's wrong with you? Right tackle Dewan Jones. Uh, he gave up twenty one pressures, three sacks, and two. What is the pen penalties? Penalties. penalties. Okay, I was like, he had two penises. Uh, <laughs> No, <laughs> I mean, he's a, he's a big guy. He is. Uh, maybe he had a front and a back one. I don't know. Um, uh, cornerback Cam Mitchell, 18 tackles, one tackle for loss, one sack, two passes defensed, and safety Ronnie Hickman, 25 tackles, three pass defense, one interception, and one touchdown. So that is your Young Pup Rookie of the Year Award nominees. Uh, your Airbud Golden Receiver, which is your best pass catcher of the year, which is the key here. It's not just wide receiver; it is anybody who catches passes for a living on the Browns. Amari Cooper, thirteen hundred nine yards and five touchdowns. David Njoku, nine hundred seventy-five yards and six touchdowns. And Jerome Ford, three hundred nineteen yards and five touchdowns. Your best lineman uh, comes down to Ethan Posick, Joel Batonio, Wyatt Teller, and Dewan Jones. We didn't even give you the option to vote for uh, Jedrick Wills because we know hurt. better. He got <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, the whole board bound uh, award is the comeback player of the year award. QB Joe Flacco, 1,900 yards, 14 touchdowns, 10 interceptions, and just one hell of a nice guy. Uh, running back Kareem Hunt, 437 yards. Here's the thing, 10 rushing touchdowns and a receiving touchdown. Uh, 11 touchdowns out of Kareem Hunt this year is pretty awesome. Yes. Uh, JOK. 101 tackles, three and a half sacks, 20 tackles for loss, one forced fumble, six passes defensed, and two interceptions. I think he led the league in tackles for loss or something like that, or was near the top of the I'll league. I'll have to look that up, maybe. Uh, he, was, he was very, very good. Grant Delpit, uh, 80 tackles, one and a half sacks, seven tackles for loss, fumble recovery, three passes defensed, and an interception. And we even throw Kevin Stefanski in here, coming off back-to-back losing seasons year 11 and six record clinched the week uh the number five seed in the playoffs a week early and he did it with five different quarterbacks this year so those are your comeback player of the war nominees your unsung hero slash fan favorite uh safety d'anthony bell 28 tackles four tackles for loss two interceptions four passes defensed and one forced fumble uh he played great when he got in there late in the year due to injuries obviously he's a favorite of the show punter Corey bojo uh <laughs> He had a um, long punt of 73 yards, 31 punts that were down inside the 20. He was a weapon this year. He really was. Like, he 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 was very good this year. I think I actually voted for him. Uh, either that or I voted for D-Bell just because, I, you know, it's also fan favorite. Mm-hmm. Uh, left tackle, Jaron Christian, uh, started nine games at left tackle off the 49ers practice, practice squad, only gave up four sacks. And then defensive tackle, Jordan Elliott, uh, 21 tackles, two and a half sacks, three tackles for loss, three QB hits. I think Jordan Elliott's a good addition to this because we heard a lot about Miles and uh, Ogbo. And, we were and, done with him. 
We, yes, we're done with him. And he flew under the radar, but played really well this year. Started. He was. He played every game. Yep. So Jim uh, Schwartz got a lot out of him. Yep. This is my favorite category that we do is the Unsung Hero uh, Award. Uh, the Every Dog Has His Day, which is Performance of the Year. Amari um, Cooper setting the receiving record, 265 yards and two touchdowns on 11 catches against Houston. Uh, David Njoku, six catches, 135 yards. Uh, that was against New York. Deshaun Watson, week three versus Tennessee, uh, 81.8% completion percentage, 289 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, Deshaun Watson, uh, week 10 at Baltimore, his second half, 14 of 14, 134 yards, a touchdown in a 16-yard rush on, a, on the game-winning drive for a first down. Miles Garrett, week seven at uh, Indy, nine tackles, two sacks, two forced fumbles, one recovered for a TD, one pass defense, one block. He pretty much single-handedly – he was uh, a monster over that the game. game. Yeah. It was unbelievable. And then Joe Flacco against the Jets, 16 to 22, 296 yards, three touchdowns and a pick in the first half. So that's your performance of the year. Uh, your play of the year, which is your dog trick. Greg Newsom's pick six against Lamar Jackson and the Ravens in week 10. Uh, Joe Flacco to Jerome Ford, uh, the pack, pocket escape play against the Jets. Uh, Miles Garrett strips sack on Gardner Minshew in the end zone in, against the Colts. Miles Garrett jumps over the offensive line to block the uh, field goal against the Colts. You're sensing a trend that game. Uh, <laughs> Miles Garrett uh, should have had a safety against Kenny Pack, uh, Pickett to open the game against the Steelers. Joe Flacco somehow threads uh, three Bears defenders to hit Amari Cooper for a 51-yard TD, and Maurice Hurst tips Geno Smith pass to himself for an athletic big man pick. I think I voted. I went four. back and watched that play. I forgot how awesome it was. He was back in coverage. Tipped really? it to himself and dove I to make the that. catch. Do, do you, did you guys vote yet? Did you guys do? I these? did vote. Did you? Who'd you vote for for this? For that play, for the top play of the year. Yeah, uh, I went with uh, Miles Garrett jumps over the offensive line block field goal. I went with Greg Newsom, man. I went with Greg Newsom. I mean, that was a great play. We, that. Don't, we never beat Baltimore in yeah. Baltimore. First career pick yeah. takes it for a touchdown. Awesome. Like yep. that. That was a turning point in the season. I felt like so. That's that's what I went with. Yep. Uh, offensive top dog, Joe Flacco, 1,900 yards, 14 TDs, 10 interceptions. Mari Cooper, 1,309 yards, five touchdowns. David Njoku, 975 yards and six touchdowns. And Jerome Ford, uh, 830 yards, four touchdowns. He had 334 yards receiving and five touchdowns over uh, 1,100 yard, all-purpose yards. I think I voted for Mari Cooper for that because I think I gave pass catcher of the year to uh, David Njoku. Uh, defensive top dog, Miles Garrett. We already, uh, we've been through some of his stats, 14 sacks, 17 tackles for loss, 30 QB hits, you know, pretty much just did everything. JOK, 101 tackles, I already gave his stats. Martin Emerson, 59 tackles, one tackle for loss, 14 passes defense, four interceptions, and a couple bullshit penalties. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then Grant Delpit, 80 tackles, one and a half sacks, seven tackles for loss, one four, uh, fumble recovery, three pass defense, and an INT. And then your best in show nominations, which is your MVP, Miles Garrett, JOK, Joel Batonio, Dustin Hopkins, Amari Cooper, David Joku, Martin Emerson, Joe Flacco, or Kevin Stefanski. Who'd you guys vote for for MVP? Do you, uh, I'm not even kidding. Dustin Hopkins. Same. Yeah. I voted for Kevin. For Kevin? Because he's the one that held it all together. Yep. So the, I think there's some. There's I some, thought you guys would question me on that, but I thought that. Dude, Dustin Hopkins was. I thought who single-handedly was the reason we, we won, we so won games. games. Yeah. And, and without him, if we still had Kate York, we don't make the playoffs. No. no. It had been like, uh, oh, I don't know, the last three years. It's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> yes. a lot of, oh, Chargers game. Oh, missed a field goal at the end. Lost the game. You know, just a little bit of that. Oh, Baltimore, you know. 
So um, I think I think there's some interesting categories there, by the way, or some like interesting interesting nominations in the categories. Um, interesting. I think it'll be fun to see what the people vote for, what the dog pack says, and who they select. Yes. So uh, again, the dogspodcast.com slash vote. If you find yourself at just the dogspodcast.com, I'm pretty sure you can find it from there also. Uh, <laughs> yes, you so can. <laughs> if you if you take a wrong turn and you end up on not the correct website, you can get there. Um, again, you got a couple weeks to go uh, to vote. Go spread the word, please. The more votes, the more fun. It sucks if you read it and then say, you know, with three votes, David Joku was the MVP. Uh, <laughs> I'm, just, I'm giving percentages if it's like that. I'm just I'm yeah. So uh, help <laughs> us out here. Uh, go vote. And uh, we'll have a, cu- a lot of fun in a couple weeks. Uh, we'll wrap this thing up. We appreciate you guys being here, watching us, taking time out of your your Sunday, even though there's playoff football on right now. Um, we appreciate you guys being here, hanging out with us, uh, even though the Browns aren't in it. So, uh, you know, hopefully the Lions pull it out. I don't know what the score what, is. Yeah, what is going on with that game? Uh, it's 24-17. Uh, Lions just scored on a Jameer Gibbs 31-yard touchdown. What? What is it, fourth quarter? Uh Yes, 11 minutes to go. Okay. Lions hey, have the ball, it says. Yeah, let me give Let's just look real quick at, is Blake going to win money today or not? <laughs> <laughs> Baker Mayfield's already got his 250 plus. Maybe he's got 265. Uh, Jared Goff needs 30 yards to get to his 250, 26 oh. yards. Uh, um, Mike Evans already got his 60. I need 30 more yards out of St. Brown, and I need a Montgomery touchdown. Oh, you I got should. 11 minutes left to get it. I almost took Jameer Gibbs. I should have. I should have taken the Gibbs on the anytime TD, but I was like, they're going to, they always get down to like two and give it to Montgomery. <laughs> I agree. He vultures the touchdowns. Um, but yep. So if I win some money, I'll be happy next episode. If I don't, I'll be really grumpy. I'll just keep bringing up super. <laughs> I do it. I fucking do it. I fucking do it. Superstar said. Yep. Uh, all right. So again, we appreciate you guys being here and uh, we'll see you guys uh, sometime next week. Thanks for listening to another episode of The Dogs Podcast. Make sure you subscribe on YouTube and follow us on Twitter at The Dogs Podcast. Get your thoughts on the show at thedogspodcast.com.